It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> my whole life <laughs> I got some things to say I'm still slowly dying but uh. hey we all are good morning back row radio I'm Matt and I'm Mo and you're streaming the morning side hug a back row morning show exclusively on backrowradio.com on today's show, a minister is suing the NFL for keeping him out of heaven. <laughs> and we dive into a deeper topic, three things we misunderstand about love. But first, it is February 24th, and we have a holiday to celebrate. We do. February 24th is National Tortilla Chip Day. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Tortilla chips were in na- were initially an afterthought. I was going to combine initially and in an afterthought. An a- an all in one. And initially, an afterthought, a simple snack made with leftover tortillas. But these crispy triangles of deliciousness soon became a nationwide sensation. And each February 24th, we celebrate these salty snacks with National Tortilla Chip Day. Whether you eat yours plain or dip them in spicy salsa, salsa, (laughs) tortilla chips bring the fiesta to any occasion. You keep breathing too fast. Oh, man. It's yeah. early. I'm tired. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I've noticed, and this will be part of my sharing here of what's been going on this week. Okay. Is that with the new, with the, with the low carb thing and cutting out carbs, there are some things that have really lost their appeal to me. They just don't taste the same anymore. Right. Yeah. And then there are some things that totally do and they're amazing. So, Where do tortilla chips Tortilla sit? chips are still amazing, and I <laughs> want them all the time. Uh, I told you for the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, which I normally make the big thing of the Velveeta queso and the chips. You know, I, I cheated that day, had tortilla chips, and they were great, and I ate far too many of them even for cheating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last night, uh, which precursor to this... Um, Deidre and I are taking this marriage seminar, class, weekly thing, uh, study, class. I like don't a, really like, know. Like a Sunday school class, a Bible study? I mean, it's kind of, not really, because there's, no, there's not really a whole lot of Bible study. I mean, we tie into the, anyway, I don't know what you call it. Marriage thing, uh, <laughs> 10 week long thing. And one of the, we had a challenge this week. The men had a challenge of planning a date for $20 or less, Mm -hmm. uh, not including childcare. So uh, what I wound up planning was something that we used to do all the time and we have not really been able to do since having, especially since having our second kid, but uh, pretty much since having kids, we rarely get to do this at all, which is just sit on the couch together and watch an entire movie at full volume without worrying about the kids hearing a cuss word or something. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what I did. I rented a movie that she'd really wanted to see. Uh, it was this, It was a movie we didn't know existed. I remember Tim Burton came out with the remake of Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. back in 2009, I think it was. Yeah. Well, there was a sequel to that, and I didn't even know. It was Alice Through the Looking Glass. Oh, yeah. 
And I never, neither of us had ever seen it. Well, she had sworn that on Disney Plus it said it's coming uh, in December of 2019 or January of 2020, something around the turn of the year. And then it changed to it's not coming until 2022 now. And so she thought, well, I guess I'm just not going to be able to see it for a while. And so I rented it mm-hmm. on like uh, Amazon, Prime. Amazon Prime for yeah. three bucks. That was three dollars. Bought some drinks and candy for four dollars. And created like a little movie uh, setup, movie setup thing yeah. for that. So we had a home home theater type thing going on. Uh, but part of that was ordering pizza. I had a we had some uh, pizza Hut points or whatever to where I could order one pizza for free and get her something that she never gets to get because she always has to get downplay what, what she want. wants. Yep. To, or yep. me too. Even uh, most of our marriage, if we're getting one pizza. I don't want things. If if you get if you get bell pepper on one half, the flavor is going to be on all the pizza. Oh my god! So I'm like, no, not doing that. Sorry. So I got her, you know, her big supreme pizza, whatever, and and uh, so I got a small or not small, but a medium thin crust pepperoni pizza, which I was just going to take all the toppings off of. Yeah. Well, they had cut it kind of wonky, and there was like two really small, really thin pieces. I'm like, I'm going to take one really thin piece, and I'm mm-hmm. going to eat that. Yeah. So I ate that whole thing, which normally I love. I ate the whole thing, and I'm like, that wasn't worth the carbs. <laughs> it, just, it tasted. It, it tasted wasn't worth cardboardish. It. it wasn't. It didn't add anything to the pizza experience for me. Uh, so that was, I mean, disappointing in the moment, but in the long run, that's something that I probably won't be craving all yeah. that much anymore. And then we bought. I bought her little Reese's cups. The little ones with that are already mm-hmm. individually wrapped. Yeah. Uh, and they have the Reese's Pieces in them. You know, those kind. Have you not had those? They have the individual Reese's Cups mm-hmm. already wrapped that have Reese's Pieces in them. Mm-hmm. And doesn't it sound amazing? Yeah. Deidre loved but them. See, I don't like thing. the little Reese's Cups. You don't? No, no, I don't like the ratio. Oh, yeah. See, that's my ratio. I like that. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so I got them. Uh, Deidre loved them, ate all of them, but I said, I'm going to have one as well. Just a little bit. Just mm-hmm. a little bit of cheating here for this date. Ate that. I'm like. Not that good. This is <laughs> underwhelming. <laughs> so I was, I was like, both things, both my cheats that were supposed to make me, a, give me a little shot of joy in this thing. were like, oh, I don't think I want that again. I don't want another one. Which. In the long run, it's good. Yeah. Uh, but just, you know, disappointing in the moment. But yeah, uh, I guess that'll just help. But it's really weird that that, that happens. Because it kind of shows you the things that are heavily influenced by dopamine when you're kind of addicted to these kind of mm-hmm. bad foods. Yeah. And the other things that are genuinely delicious. Good. Yeah. Like tortilla chips. <laughs> See, and I would be the reverse. When we were doing keto, I and even on a regular basis, I'm not a chip person. Yeah. If there are chips, oh. occasionally I'll be like, Yeah, I'll have I'll have a couple chips. If there are tortilla chips, they have to be the right tortilla chips for me. I cannot just eat any kind of tortilla chip. I can eat most kinds. I'm, nope. I'm I actually am fine with the cheap uh two dollar bag nope. of Sabritas or whatever I they're called. I despise those. I love them. Chris loves them. <laughs> <laughs> They're my least favorite ever. What's your favorite? Uh, the on the border. 
See, I don't like on the borders. Neither does Chris. I mean, I don't, I don't hate them, but they're definitely not anywhere near the top. Yeah, they. And then there's another white bag that I can't remember the label right now, but they're very similar to on the border because, to me, it's like a it. It's hard to explain. I think that the two dollar whatever they are are too crunchy and too crispy. <laughs> okay. And I don't like that. I want like. Same way that I want my pizza. If I get a piece of pizza that has an air pocket in it, I'm in heaven. And that's kind of how I want my tortilla chips, where they're kind of airy and... Light? Yes. Okay. So that's... so that maybe they're too thick? The tortilla chips that you don't like are too thick? I guess so. That's possible. It's hard to get a light tortilla chip yeah. in a store-bought bag. Well, see, and that's why I like On the Border, because they, for real, taste... Yeah. They're They're light. What do you think about the Leals? We have a store called, we have a restaurant called Leals here. They don't spread much beyond our area, um, but they make their own tortilla chips regular. They make a seasoned, which some are heavily Mm -hmm. seasoned salt. And then I think recently they came out with a jalapeno lime flavor as well. But do you like those? Have you had them? So I do like Leals. I like the seasoned. Yeah. But. Good. Because they are homemade, you yeah, know, in the restaurant different. They daily. are thick, though. Yeah. But, but they are I can tell there are some and, days yeah. that I like them more than other days, and it is definitely the days where they're more crispy and crunchy that I'm like, mm, Yeah, because they do vary. Yeah, it's really weird mm-hmm. being... Yeah. It's not like a big machined process mm-hmm. that everything's going to be exactly the same every time. Yeah, I almost want my tortilla chips to taste like sopapillas. Like that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. That that's just my preference, please. Light and airy. Uh. Well, that's what's been going on in my life. What's been going on in yours, Mo? Nothing. <laughs> I really feel like so. Okay. Here. You know, Matt has been. There's been a few weeks where he's shared a a kind of. A downer. So I'm going to share a downer. Um, But I'm only sharing it for the purpose of prayer requests. Okay, y'all? So, and it's not gossip because it's about my kid. So. (laughs) Just preliminarily getting this out of the way. I don't want to hear no messages about (laughs) most spreading gossip in the form of prayer requests on the show. Because that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but as many of you know, my middle child, Cannon, he is a competitive gymnast and has loved it. He it, he came into it really quick last year at the beginning of the school year, came into it and went on to compete at nationals and, you know, took home a national champion title last year. And then at during the summer the summertime is their big training season yeah because they go to nationals in the summer and then they have like i guess four or five weeks where they don't have any competitions going on and they can train for lengthy periods of time because there's no school you know so during the summer towards the end he was he was training a lot and he ended up leveling up he went from a level seven to a a level six to a level nine. Oh, wow. Which is huge as far as skill is concerned. Yeah. The things that he has to learn. You know, he was down on the baby end of it doing cool things, but not really huge, big, scary things. Yeah. 
And then within just a couple months, he's having to do these scary things that have caused him to fall multiple times. Mm. He's fallen off of the trampoline, completely off the trampoline and onto the floor, you know, mid-jump, done face plants. His whole face has been busted from where he's like, um, uh, what is that? Like gotten rug burn from the trampoline on his face. Oh. Yeah. Um. And for a while, like, it wasn't it wasn't bothering him. It, it, he would fall, these things would happen, and he'd just kind of laugh it off and get back up and keep going. But recently, he has really been struggling with anxiety and fear. Yeah. And to the point where it's crippling him, where he cannot compete. And so we had a competition a few weeks ago, right before we all went on our cruise, where he couldn't compete. He, his anxiety just overtook him, and he couldn't compete. And so, you know, we took a little time off. We took a week off for the cruise and came back, and he went right back into practice, and he was doing well. And then there was a moment of every day I would drop him off, and it was tears. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to compete. He didn't want to go in. He didn't want to practice. He hated it. And so I'm struggling as a mom, like, I'm not going to let him quit. I'm not going to let fear be the reason that he doesn't do something that he's good at. But do I push him or do I allow him to fall and take a step back or, you know? Mm-hmm. So being mom, I just didn't know where where I needed to land on this, the best way to support my child. Um, and he had a private, this past Monday, a private lesson, which is always good because there's, a, you know, he competes with a team. And so there's about 18 of them. And for three hours every day, they're taking turns on the equipment and mm. They're all at different skill levels, you know. So having a private lesson, especially when you're having all this overwhelming fear, is good because your coach can work on work with you one-on-one and kind of walk you through those steps, you know. So I was excited for this private lesson. I was like, yes, okay, I'll pay for the extra time so that he can go in and he can really have some good one-on-one time with his coach, kind of work through some of these things. And about 15 minutes in, I get a text from his coach that's like, he's not moving. He's sitting on the mats, and he's refusing to get up. I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk him out of this. And I was like, okay, well, give him five more minutes. If he still doesn't get up, one of us will come out there and, you know, come out to the gym and kind of talk to him ourselves and see if we can help. Five minutes goes by, and still he's like, yeah, he's not, he's not moving. He doesn't want to do this. And so I talked to my husband, and Chris is like, I'll go out and I'll talk to him, which is good because I'm ticked at this point. And if I go out there, I'm just going to be screaming at Cannon, which isn't going to help at all. And, you know, that never helps any kind of situation. So Chris (laughs) goes out there, and they come home and tell me that Cannon has decided to take a break from gymnastics, which just broke my heart because this is something that my child is really good at. This is his thing. He has excelled in this, and because of fear – He's choosing to to quit. Um, We've done, he has on his background, on his phone, he has, um, you know, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of peace and love and sound mind. And um, he writes that every single time that he has a bad day at gymnastics. I have him, okay, just sit down and write that out 10 times. He has it as a screensaver on the back of his phone. He memorized that verse since Dallas, that that really bad um, competition, he has had that verse memorized. 
So I kind of thought, well, this will be a good way for him to really tap into a higher power, tap into mm-hmm. where his power ultimately comes from. You know, it's not within us, but it's it's within the Lord that strengthens us. And it's just, I'm, I guess I'm kind of at a loss. Yeah. So that's what we've been dealing with this past week. And I told Chris, I was like, I'm not talking to him about it anymore. On Monday, I looked at Canada and I was like, I'm not going to pretend like I agree with this decision. I'm not going to pretend like this decision has made me happy because it hasn't. Because I feel like you're quitting, you know, and I don't want you to quit. I don't ever want you to be a quitter. And I definitely don't want you to be a quitter because you're afraid of something. Um, But then I told Chris, I was like, I'm just going to wait and I won't talk to him about it until Sunday night. After church, we'll all sit down and we'll have a discussion and we'll figure out what he's feeling and where his mind is. But... That being said, one, y'all pray for me that I don't lose my cool, that I'm not like <laughs> screaming at him the whole time, that this next week that he could just really feel some some amount of peace about the decisions that he's making and, and what he's supposed to do and where he's supposed to be. And The kid's only 12. I get it. He's got his whole life ahead of him. Yeah. But if I could have been 12 and found something that I knew I was supposed to do, at He's definitely, I mean, it was clear that he was a natural at this yeah. from the get-go. Yeah. So, I mean, this isn't something that, it's not like me with a guitar where I was just never great and <laughs> couldn't do a single thing from the get-go and just like, you know what, never mind. Just had a dream. This was, it was a, yeah, it was a good <laughs> idea, but I don't think I can, <laughs> Yeah. I don't have the, the stamina here. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's, it's it is a... It would be a shame for him to just walk I away know. from it completely, uh, being so talented at it. Yeah. All right. Well, you heard the you heard the lady. Pray, y'all. Because <laughs> I do. I believe in the power of prayer, one hundred percent. And I feel like we've got it right here at our fingertips. All these people who listen to us. <laughs> Pray for my kid. All right. Well, coming up next, why is a minister threatening to sue the NFL? We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And we're going to kick off the second hour with five random facts. Five random facts about presidents. Because a week ago it was President's Day and we wound up not doing a morning show, but we still had this prep, so whatever. Here we go. Why not? (laughs) Uh, Obama's high school nickname on the basketball team was Barry Obama. Which earned, which he earned due to his awesome jump shot. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put that out there for a minute. <laughs> like I feel like that should have come up on a background check when, before we. <laughs> <laughs> Where was this fact during the run up to the election? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, During his senior year of high school at Phillips Academy in Andover, Massachusetts, George W. Bush was captain of the cheerleading team. Mm -hmm. I can see that. (laughs) It is not surprising to me. In 1940, the University of California bestowed Reagan with the most nearly perfect male figure award. 
The prize was the opportunity to pose nearly nude for an art class learning to sculpt the human body. <laughs> what that a prize. I could not see. <laughs> well. Can you imagine all of those like all those art students that can now say, Yeah, I sculpted Reagan. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what I would be more proud of. Than... I have a model of his cheeks at my house. You know? <laughs> In China, the most recognizable Western names are Jesus Christ, Elvis Presley, and Richard Nixon. Strange combination. It is. You know? Got all, all bases covered. <laughs> and Herbert Hoover's son had two pet alligators, which were occasionally permitted to run loose throughout the White House. It's such it's so strange to think about all the different things that have happened in the White House. I know. Throughout history and it's still the same building. I would love to do like a behind the scenes tour of the White House yeah, and have that would like be really neat. just all the facts of the families that live there. I I mean, yeah, it would be cool to see the different rooms too, but mm-hmm. I'd like to hear about all the different the kids stories, that lived yeah. and Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we all remember the Super Bowl. Boy. Uh, it was interesting. Here we uh, go. Especially that uh, that halftime show. Um, so we're, we're like a month out, and I, I don't understand we're, why we're still talking about this. It's, that's, that's, I mean, this this wasn't a Janet Jackson moment. You know, this this there wasn't nudity involved, and yet it's still having that same kind of feel. Um. This is only the second hour, so we don't have a lot of time to discuss this. We're not going to talk about it So we need to jump right in so that I can make sure I cover all my thoughts, please. So, um, I don't remember if I told you or not, but, you know, we were watching at the church. Yeah. And uh, the halftime show, you know, starts and Hillary's there and Hillary likes Shakira and J-Lo, you know, likes likes both. She's all, well, can't we watch it? And I said, oh, probably not. No, (laughs) we weren't planning on it. And she goes, well, why don't you just give it a second? I'm like, all right, I'll I'll let it play until they do something grossly sexual. And then we're going to turn it off. Uh, Second and a half in, Shakira's there spreading her legs as part of the dance. I'm like, nope, that's it. There we go. We're We're done. done. (laughs) We're at church. So, yeah, I didn't get to see the whole thing until later. I went and watched most of it on... uh, on YouTube, but yeah, I mean, it was quite risque, let's put it that way, okay. in many of the parts, including the literal pole dance in the middle, which is just, I mean, come on. So, <laughs> but, you know, me, I can look at it and say, well, that's the culture. Exactly. And move on. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what a uh, minister from Ohio, named Dave uh, Daubenmeyer, I believe. Listen here, Dave. <laughs> has decided. That's not the route he's taking. So, he intends to sue the NFL a long time, uh, along with Jennifer Lopez and Shakira for their revealing outfits that put him, quote, in danger of hellfire, end quote. Uh, he is the host of a show called Pass the Salt Ministries, Coach Dave Live. 
he plans to sue the league, Pepsi, Fox, and several other companies for the crotch-grabbing performance, according to the Daily Caller. He says, I think we ought to go sit down in a courtroom and present this as evidence of how whoever is keeping me from uh yeah, how whoever is keeping me from getting into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, he said in a video, the Super Bowl halftime extravaganza showcased the two women gyrating to Shakira's hips don't lie and Lopez is on the floor, which Dobbin Meyer slammed as a porn show unfit for young viewers. Uh, he's not entirely wrong. Dobbin Meyer said he was appalled by the crotch-grabbing, soft, pornographic performance. I turned on the TV to watch football, not watch a pole dance, Dobbin Meyer told the Daily Caller in a phone interview uh, from his home in Hebron, Ohio. (laughs) They penetrated the sanctity of my home, he added. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. On Monday, he said on his webcast that Lopez was too old to wear provocative clothing. J-Lo is 50. You go on a pornographic website, you're not looking for 50-year-old women. Uh, It's just a weird line for him to say. (laughs) Uh, I'm not here to tell the NFL what they can put on. I'm not here to tell anyone what they can watch. Like, that's exactly what you're doing right now. But they don't have the right in the middle of a game to broadcast. Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) This... Are, are we done with the article? <laughs> There's more, but it gets worse, so no. I'm not going to say any more. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so number one. Thoughts? <laughs> number one. Okay. Dave, we need to have a sit-down conversation about your theology if you think that watching the halftime show has gotten you out of heaven. <laughs> Just saying. Number two. I'm confused as to if you're a longtime football fan or if this is the first Super Bowl that you've ever watched. Because if you're a longtime fan, then you know it's the Super Bowl and there's going to be a halftime show. And in the halftime show, there's going to be performance. And if you've been following along with the entire season of football, then you would have known J-Lo and Shakira are going to be performing. (laughs) And most of... Both of these ladies' songs are very sexually influenced. Mm -hmm. So you should have known, my friend. (laughs) Number three. (laughs) How long is the list? (laughs) (laughs) Number three. The clothes that they were wearing, this is one of my biggest things that just drives me nuts. The clothes that they were wearing, they were fully clothed. There was no skin showing. What looks like skin is what figure skaters wear while while they are out skating. It is a bodysuit, a Mm -hmm. nude bodysuit. But they were fully clothed, my friend. And it was your mind that took it elsewhere. (laughs) So, let's back up. (laughs) There are two things within the entire performance where I'm like, all right, ladies, that was a little, yeah. Oh, there's more than that for me, but that might be because I'm a little more sensitive to it. Sure, absolutely. But at the same time, I can, exactly what you said, I can rationalize it all to culture. Yeah. And I 
when this was a big thing, you know, within the first week, we're still talking about it a month later, (laughs) but within the first week of it, there was an article that came out that broke down and it was from the Latino culture and it broke down every single dance that you saw them doing, you know, specifically like the goat thing where the big goat memes memes came out. Mm. Shakira looked like a goat sticking her tongue out and, um, uh, looked like they were doing river dance, mm. but it wasn't river dance. These things that they chose, these dance move, moves that they chose to do, all tied back to their culture and ways that they grew up and things that they learned as children, you know. And so to me, I was, I took that as, okay, one, we live in America. It's a melting pot of cultures. We have to be able to appreciate and accept culture for what it is. Number two, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> Number two, I'm so enraged. I forgot where, no. I just, yeah. So I understand that, and I do get that point. Mm-hmm. But from my perspective, it's also clear that they were sprinkling in a little bit more sexuality into these cultural dances than would typically be in a cultural situation. Like I said at the beginning, with Shakira spreading her legs the way she did at the beginning, which was clearly in the, the vein of music videos and things of this nature. There's, there's. I'm not saying that all times legs are open, that that's a sexual thing, but the way you're touching yourself at the same time when that's going on, there's the sexual element that's sprinkled in, that's added. It is slightly different and enough so that it becomes a problem with with me. But at the same time, like you said, I knew this was coming. Mm -hmm. I knew this is the show that was going to be there. And I know the culture that we're living in. I knew I was probably going to be uncomfortable with this. Right. Um, And so to... (laughs) I mean, I'm... I'm not upset that he's upset by the show. I'm upset that he's acting like it's something new to have some sexually suggestive thing in open public. Sure. And that... I'd love to be a fly on his wall and see what he watches throughout the week on just a regular basis. I want to know if he's going to tune in to the Olympics this year. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I'm, uh, so putting, putting the show aside, the main issue that I have with this is this thing that a lot of Christians who seem to have a somewhat large following online do. And it's this weird call to arms, this yes. weird shaming, mm-hmm. uh, of people. People who aren't believers. Mm-hmm. I mean, why are we expecting non-believers to act like believers? Mm-hmm. Is is it's a question that that drives me insane all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they 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 don't they don't follow our belief system, so of course they're not going to have the same morality, the same standard of certain things as we do mm-hmm. in some areas. Why are we surprised by it? We were the same way, you know, mm-hmm. before we, we came to Christ. 
And so this this video, this this article and video reminded me of the thing that happened a few years ago with the Starbucks Christmas cups, where we had that guy who had a, a moderately large following get online and call for Christians to basically go troll Starbucks's by saying that my name is Merry Christmas, so they'll have to write Merry Christmas on their cups that they had taken all the Christmas designs away, apparently because. They hated Jesus. It's the same guy. <laughs> it's not the same guy, <laughs> but it is the same kind of guy. Yeah, and it's it's so. And it's those guys that that give us guys a bad name. Yes, because they are the ones that get all the press. Yeah, you don't get. It's the it's the ten percent of Christian wackos mm-hmm. that are on your TV, on your radio, in your news articles, in your Facebook feeds. Mm-hmm. And the 90% of us that are normal, just trying to do our best for Jesus, you never hear. Yeah. And that's <laughs> that's that's who's painting our picture. Yeah. And that's why uh those who aren't in our in our uh uh, culture, our, our our Christian culture, those who look at it from the outside think we're all nut jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. And I mean, I can't, I almost can't blame them <clears throat> because I agree. Mm-hmm. He's a nut job. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a nut job. <laughs> at least not, not all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference. We, we recognize when we're nut jobs and we'll admit it. Yeah. <laughs> and try and grow from it. Exactly. <laughs> That was kind of crazy. I shouldn't have done that. And yeah, uh, I won't do it again. Yeah. And I can't say for sure, but I just, given what I've seen, I doubt we'd ever hear that kind of self-realization from this kind of guy. Yeah. And I don't believe I ever, I mean, I looked for for follow-up videos from that other guy before, at least during Christmas that time, dude. the Merry Christmas guy. Yeah. I don't recall him ever backtracking on that. Yeah. Uh, at that point. Sure. Might happen years later. Who knows? But you just, uh, it's, it's, it comes with a level of obtuseness. I don't know what the word I'm thinking of. I don't know just what you're being, thinking of either. Being, being so singularly focused on this, this anger that you want to spread. Mm-hmm. That you lose your objectability with, oh, maybe I'm going about this all wrong. Yeah. You just go full force. And I mean, I can't say I've never been like that. I mean, of sure. course, I was uh, like that a lot, especially when I used to go argue with people online all the time mm-hmm. as a pastime. Uh, but I've learned from that, and I really try not to do that anymore. Now, Nowadays, the people that I argue with online are other Christians who are being jerks. That's about as far as it goes. But I used to go and argue with, you know, Mormons and... and non-believers and atheists and and all these people and and that never got me anywhere yeah. and i certainly didn't help them exactly uh have a, a better opinion of christians or christ and you just gave them one more nail just, yeah. to put in the coffin so yeah you gotta you gotta come out of that guys if that's who you are you gotta come out of that you are not <laughs> doing any favors just for I the mean, kingdom jesus did say to to spread the the good news the good news is about, you know, salvation and, and the path to, to heaven and, and and how God's burden uh, is lighter than our burden and how 
you know, all, all, all the all the good stuff replacing the bad stuff. He's not saying spread the bad news of you're going to hell. All your all, all everything you do is is bound for hellfire. It's mm-hmm. a real thing, sure. And he talked about it, yes. But the way we spread the message of Christ is supposed to be through the vein of love. It's supposed to be through the good news. It's supposed to be through a a hope and a a desire to see people better, not yeah. to see people shamed. Right. Shame does have a, a a legitimate purpose, but if the only reason that you're trying to get people to feel this is just so they'll feel awful, they're not going to feel convicted. Right. They're just going to feel weird that somebody hates them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 uh it's a dangerous game. Pa- Bubba and Anna talked about this uh kind of on uh on their show Friday where they on Church Nerds where they saw a picture of a convention where there were there were people at a convention dressed up as trolls like from a game. Mhm. And somebody was out there with a sweater and all this saying that these were demons and that they were going to hell or whatever. And they saw people, other people, like, hugging the trolls instead. Basically saying, I would rather hug what you think is Satan than listen to you. Yeah. Because that's the kind of message you really spread with that hatred-filled message. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have a, a a nice little bow to put on this other than stop being jerks. Just don't be a turd. <laughs> Read the Chris Bible. Chris Pratt said it best. <laughs> Read the Bible. The only people that Jesus ever yelled at were the people who claimed to be the religious leaders representing <clears throat> God. Oh, okay. Sorry, I had to clear my throat. All right, all right. We're getting too serious for the middle segment here. For the middle segment. Oh, I don't know. Listen. <laughs> listen. I knew this was going to happen when you put this in. I, th- I, I thought, why is he doing this as the second hour? This is like a third hour really topic. Is, I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> you thought it was going to be funny because some it's guy. More, it's more that I wanted to end on a lighter note. And I think the last segment will be a little bit more optimistic. <laughs> well, let's hope. Let's hope. Coming up next, three things we misunderstand about love. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the morning side hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a back row morning show here on backrowradio.com. I'm Matt. I'm Mo. And it's the third hour, and we like to delve into a deeper topic typically in this third hour. And today we're going to be talking about three things that believers misunderstand about love. Now, this actually comes from an article at factsandtrends.net from Jesse Mason. and it's called Three Things Your Church Misunderstands About Love. Because Facts and Trends is typically geared towards ministry people. Uh, but yeah, three things that believers misunderstand about love. So let's just dive in, see if we agree, and uh, see where that leads. Number one, love is self-caring. 
Uh, Jesse says, I would say the ability to love others well is indeed hinged upon the ability to healthily love oneself with rest and Sabbath, with learning to say no, with girding your safety, etc. Too often I fear the self-deprecating concern in Christian circles that self-care is actually self that self-care is actually selfishness. Nothing is further from the truth. How often does Jesus retreat to be alone, focus on prayer, and rejuvenate his soul? Ironically, the ability to love oneself and be self-compassionate is the basis for the second greatest commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself, in Matthew 22, 33-37. Loving others well can only result when having the boundaries that maintain mutual respect in any relationship. You are not a doormat, nor is love only big enough to choose between you or another person. Sometimes we need to treat ourselves the way we're expected to treat others. And that's just number one? That's just number one. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like this, but it's absolutely right in the fact that we do often confuse self-deprecation as some sort of righteous standard right. in all circumstances. Yeah. Um, Lowering ourselves. Right. Yeah. Self-deprecation in itself is not bad. It does keep us grounded. In fact, that's kind of the basis of Backrow Baptist Church, our Facebook group, is that uh, the majority of the humor on there is self-deprecating humor. It's, yeah. it's to poke fun at ourselves and at, at Christians in general, not necessarily focusing on the world. You're not going to go in there and find a whole lot of memes that are poking fun at atheists or something like that. It's always poking fun at church people, things that we do. Most of the memes that I make are things that have happened in my own life. Mm -hmm. Usually me being the person, uh, being the joke. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for that. Uh Anytime. (sighs) That's what friends do. (laughs) So I'm not saying that it's inherently bad. It does keep us grounded. But when it comes to how we spend our time, how we spend, uh, how we give our compassion, how we, um, try to uplift others. If we're doing all that and not giving time for us to actually rest in God's love as well, then we will be doing a disservice. I like that. It takes the, to love your neighbor as yourself and flips the focus on yes, as yourself. You're supposed to love your neighbor really well. So, you need to love yourself really well, yeah. too. <clears throat> I love that, too. I had one of those, like, <laughs> mind-blown moments where I was like, that is that is so true. Mm-hmm. That And, you know, it's well known that in order to love someone else, you have to love yourself first. You have, you know, you have to have that amount of self-respect and self-appreciation before you can even attempt to love other people. But to hear it put that way was just, okay, I am going to go home and write this down a thousand times so that I can continue to remind (laughs) myself that until I genuinely love self, I am failing at a portion of that commandment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Someone put it like this. I don't remember who it was. I'm trying for the life of me to remember. But somebody put it uh, this way in that. When you think about how you're supposed to love and give life to other people, you have to realize that in order to do that, 
you've got to be full of that. Mm-hmm. It's just like when you're on a plane and the air masks drop down. You have they tell you put yours on first before, before you help other people. Yep. And that's exactly right. You got to make sure that you're sustaining your life uh life's power uh before you start sending that to other people. Um you got to make sure that you're in line with with uh, God. You got to make sure that you are rested and of of sober mind and body. You need to make sure that that you have sufficiently taken care of yourself before you take care of other people. So yeah, absolutely good. Number one, A plus. All right, <laughs> number two, love gets angry. She says, the statement probably won't sit well with some readers. Admittedly, it sounds a little brash as I write it. I commonly hear about Christians feeling torn between feeling hurt and denying their anger in attempt to love, like a quote-unquote good Christian. But the truth is this. If we have love, then we simultaneously should be angry toward that which does not convey love. Love doesn't demand a plastic parade smile at all times. Love is something we demonstrate in a relationship we value. When painful elements are neglected or go unprotected, we ought to get angry. In fact, righteous anger is always an effort to protect others and preserve biblical and ethical values. This is exemplified in the biblical account of Jesus flipping over merchant tables at the temple because they had desecrated, i.e. not loved, the sanctity of the Lord's house. Avoid flippantly telling someone that they shouldn't be angry the next time you listen to a broken heart. Anger allows one to clearly identify what's not valued and thus to love more deeply. Okay. What are your initial thoughts on that? Okay, so as someone who struggles with anger, and Mm -hmm. I struggle with anger that leads to rage, okay? Because I have a very hard time finding that line and that balance. I should say I used to. I'm no longer there. Thanks to CR and Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There is a fine line. There is a balance. And for someone who, you know, anger is their first initial emotion in situations... I don't know why. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it's something that stemmed from my childhood. I don't know. I don't know if it's like self-preservance because I need to like, I'm short and I'm little and I'm a female and so people think that I'm like weak or something. And so anger was the way that I just proved that I am not weak. Mm. I'm not certain where it stemmed from. But for someone like me or who was once like me, who struggles with that anger, there's definitely a somewhere where you have to find the line, the end line. Draw your line in the sand, but don't put it in a stupid place. You've got to find a, a balance between that anger, that motivating anger, and then the anger that really serves no purpose other than eating you up inside. Yeah. See, with this one... I think the message is muddied a bit. When it comes to a, a kind of motivational internal anger, basically something that causes us to want to do something better, to mm-hmm. put something better in the world, I understand that. 
Yeah. If we see, like, such as the End It movement, which is all about uh, trying to end sex slavery throughout the world. Mm -hmm. If we see, gosh, this is a big problem, and you get this anger that it even exists in your heart, and that motivates you to be a part of this movement, it's that red X that you see every now and then online. Uh, You want to be a part of this movement and, and do something about it, that's great. That's a great kind of loving anger moving forward. The example that they use here is Jesus flipping over the merchant tables at the temple because they had desecrated the temple. Mm-hmm. In this moment, in the Bible, the only person who could do that is Jesus, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If someone else came and was righteously angry about this, I don't think they would have the right to flip the tables. Because none of us are Jesus. None of us are perfect. All of us are hypocrites at some point or another. And to lash out in anger when we ourselves have been guilty of things of this nature in the past Mm -hmm. wouldn't have the same allowance in my mind. Right. There are some things that Jesus did on this earth that I feel like only he could do. And getting angry and letting that anger out in the way that God does, you know, God's righteous anger that has been displayed throughout the Bible, I think is only something that a sinless being could do. Right. Um, I don't remember. See, I have all these things. I don't plan this out because I don't know where my mind's going to take me. I want to have a fresh perspective when I'm reading yeah. this. But there's a book. There's another book, and I can't remember the title of it. If I ever do, I'll tweet it out or something. But uh, it's it's all about this. It's all about how... In, in many ways, Christians don't really have a right to get angry in a lot of areas. Not saying that we wouldn't be, again, motivated internally to do something better, but essentially to lash out in anger. Right. That there is really no such thing as lashing out in righteous anger. Yeah. And so <sighs> the fact that they use that as the example with, with Jesus to justify kind of this anger is it's always, difficult for me. It is always hard for me to see, you know, people say it all the time. Don't forget, Jesus flipped tables too. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm a Christian, but Jesus flipped tables. Yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to be like Christ, not Christ. And there, just, there's a difference. Yeah. You know, and that is hard to explain because it does kind of sound like we're saying uh, that Jesus went off the deep end. Right. Uh, but there's, irrationally. And that's not it. In his 33 years, <laughs> there is one recorded instance of where he got angry. Where he got so angry. That he got violent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So if you're doing it every week. You've got a problem. (laughs) Dare I say, what you're dealing with is not righteous anger, my friend. So, like you said, I think I think it is a fine line. Yeah, Uh, it's it's a fine line, basically, of how we're letting that anger affect us. Mm -hmm. Our anger needs to be met with grace. Yeah, there's, and I think that's I think that is what this person, Jesse Mason, is trying to say. I just don't think it was a clear enough. Uh, mm-hmm. usage yeah. of, of this. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So. Number two, not my favorite. B, B minus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three, 
this one also might be controversial. Uh-oh. Just from the start, it sounds controversial. Great. Love doesn't forget. The old saying of forgive and forget isn't rooted in healthiness for self or others. Although forgiveness is an aspect of grace, Christians are commanded to extend forgetfulness is not the same thing. The knee-jerk reaction might be to hail passages like 1 Corinthians 13, love keeps no record of wrong, but we can only choose to let go of painful events, not control such realities. Jesus commanded his disciple Peter to forgive when wronged, not to forget. By not forgetting wrongs you suffer, two healthy outcomes are possible. One outcome is that the person who committed the hurt can be held responsible. The second outcome, by not forgetting, gives someone the opportunity to extend grace through forgiveness. This may look like the wife who doesn't excuse her husband's affair, but can love herself enough to confront his wrongdoings and hold him accountable, and love enough to forgive the suffering. I don't believe the Bible presents a misunderstanding of love, but I do believe that in our humanity we misapply aspects of love toward oneself and others. I actually agree with this. Yeah. Okay. One hundred percent. It's um I feel like I might have been guilty of in the past you burn me, we're done kind of thing. It's right. not a, it is a don't forgive, don't forget kind of thing. Uh knew me, I think went all the way in the opposite direction. Forgive, forgive and forget. Forget. And, yep. Move on. Don't ever think about it again kind of thing. Um, and I struggle to get out of that because the opposite culture of, look, I might forgive you, but I'm never forgetting, mm-hmm. is not the message that they're talking about here. Right. That, But that does seem like, again, a little bit muddied of what they are trying to say in that. Like, I might forgive you, I might talk to you again, but I'm never going to forget what you did, and I'm never going to trust you again. Right. It's kind of the the idea that comes with not forgetting. Mm-hmm. And that's not right. Is it, it When you forgive someone, I'm not saying that you should be stupid and just 100% give them all that trust again. Like, if, if, if they stole from you, if there's someone who stole money from you, Later on, they admitted it. They said they were sorry. You forgave them. That doesn't mean you let them hold your wallet right, right away. You know, that's yeah. trust. Some trust has to be earned back. And so in that way, you're not forgiving and forgetting, but you're forgiving and allowing them to earn that spot back. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the same thing happened with me and my job. You know, I was fired because I did something well, I wasn't fired. I was asked to quit because uh, I did something stupid when I was addicted and had big problems that uh, I was not dealing with correctly. And 10 years later, they offered me that same job again, which right. I've been working in now for multiple years, I think coming up on another 10 years. Um, and it was all about earning that trust back. Mm-hmm. They had forgiven me. Uh, long ago but once they saw the change in my life in a long-term basis they were comfortable offering me that job back putting me back in that position that I had before and that in a way is is exactly what they're talking about here forgiving but not forgetting Mm -hmm. because that holding on to it 
is not only the not forgetting is not a negative thing in this instance because you're remembering who this person was to see that transition to who they are now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. that 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 not forgetting is the beginning of a good thing, not the beginning of a grudge. Right. Or or holding on to something in your heart forever and never letting it go. So I guess if it's clear that that uh, the the not forgetting part is is supposed to be informing you to actually love more and to give more grace, then I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it just needs to be made clear that this is not about holding on to a grudge forever, which I don't think was made is made entirely clear here. And I didn't do much better trying to explain it from my side, going well, into it cold. But well, and we me. talk about forgiveness being, you know, we talk about this in Celebrate Recovery. Forgiveness is more for the person offended than it is than the offender. The offender, yeah. You know, you as the offended, the one who was hurt, are letting go of that burden and that bitterness and that anger that that is tied to that instance. Okay, and for a long time, here until recently, you know, and I'm almost 35, I was always under the impression that in order to forgive you, I was owed an apology. Mm. You had to tell me you were sorry before I could offer you forgiveness. Because I'm, that's fair, right? <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, that's just fair. But I had to really realize that I can offer forgiveness to someone and I may never, ever hear that apology. They may continue. They may go to their grave thinking that what they did was okay and valid. And so for me, I can have a more gracious spirit. I can have a more forgetful spirit if that apology comes from a, a genuine place, if I receive an apology and if it comes from a genuine place and if there's change attached to it, right? Yeah. I can then work on that level of trust and work on that level of, over time, I may forget that this instance happened. But prior to that, without that, I need to choose wisdom and I need to protect my heart and I need to protect myself and not put myself in those situations again where I'm going to continually, repeatedly get hurt over and over because the offender sees no wrong in their actions. But I can choose to forgive them. I can choose to forgive and I can choose to say, okay, I don't think that you intentionally meant to hurt me in the way that it came out. I'm going to forgive this offense, but I am also going to guard my heart and protect myself. And I'm not going to put myself back in the situation of where I'm getting continually hurt. Yeah. I think that's the last thing that God wants to do is to look down and see us jumping right back into a den of lions where we're getting continually mauled day after day yeah that you know he wants us to be wise okay i like that i like that okay so overall article number one great number two uh right message just wrongly presented number three mostly on point just (laughs) still a little difficult uh there's more to this article including a whole setup 
as to why this is important. So again, check that out at factsandtrends.net. It's uh, the article's title, Three Things Your Church Misunderstands About Love by Jesse Mason. All right. Before we close out this hour, yeah, um, music update. It's actually been three weeks since we had a music update, I think. So there's a lot here. Uh, Here are some of the artists that we have added to our rotation, uh, added new music from them to our rotation in this past three weeks. Uh, New stuff from Free G as Lions and Lambs, David Dunn, Rend Collective, NF, Leanna Crawford, Jeremy Camp, Fight the Fade, Project Aegis, and Mandisa. We have a whole lot of old stuff, so y'all just... Buckle down for just a minute. <laughs> We've got Everyday Sunday, Audio Adrenaline, Chris Tomlin, By the Tree, Nicole Nordman, Zoe Girl, Poor Old Blue, Chevelle, Jeremy Camp, Project 86, Living Sacrifice, Grits, Big Daddy Weave, which really is weird that it's considered old stuff, but whatever. I guess I'm old now. I mean, they started back in the, <laughs> the early 2000s. I feel really old. Mercy <laughs> Me, Phil Joel, Sixpence None the Richer, DC Talk, Tree 63, Play-Doh, The OC, Supertones, Gospel Gangsters, LaRue, <laughs> Rachel Lampa, and Demon Hunter. So what qualifies as older stuff on our station, if you weren't aware, is, is we play... Um, Music from 1995 to 2005, and that's the the older stuff uh, genre that that decade right there. That's and then everything from stuff. 2006 that's... forward. It is, it is my favorite. Um, all right, and then we have some new indie stuff from Cypress and Co. The Outcry, Cali Music, uh, Cali Delano, Delano, Delano. Dang it! <laughs> I knew that was important. One, that one is important Someone to me. Someone that Mo knows. Uh, Flood Society, Grace Fellowship Church, Richland and Suave Colion. Uh, Grace Fellowship Church, uh, they they submitted music, you know, and, and I said, oh, yeah, this is great. We'll definitely add this to our, our worship lineup and everything. And I said, can you please send me your Instagram handle? Because I guarantee you if I go and search Grace Fellowship Church – there will be a thousand of them and i did it just to see and sure enough there's no way i would ever find their page right there's so many grace fellowship churches in the world yep (laughs) but anyway a whole lot of new music more coming uh so stick around coming up next we share something we love we'll be back in just a few with more of the morning side hug right here on back row radio Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug as our show is coming to a close for today. But first, I want to share something with you that I love. Both of the things that I love this week are food, so just be prepared for that. Uh, The first one is one that I've only recently, this past week, realized existed. And that was Bahama Bucks sugar-free snow cones. Which I love Bahama Bucks, but it's so much sugar... I never even thought about it. And then Megan Kelly told me, you know, they have like sugar-free flavors that don't have any carbs or anything. I said, you are kidding. (laughs) So I went, 
Got myself a half sugar-free cherry, half pickle juice. Mm. Best combination. I know it sounds gross, but try it. You'll love it. And heaven. Just so good. It tastes exactly like the normal stuff. And, yeah, so I went, I think I went three times this week. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's a nice, uh, completely guilt-free treat. Uh, And they got tons of sugar-free flavors. Yeah. They've got, like... I want to say 16 to 20 of them. Nice. And so, yeah, I might have to try a few more. But, uh, yeah, that's the thing I love. So if you're out there and you you want yourself a treat that's not going to guilt you up, go to Bahama Bucks and ask for the, I think they call them thin ice flavors. Get it? Thin I ice. Get it. Ah. I get it. Oh, man. And they also have, um, which I haven't tried yet, but they have uh, no sugar added ice cream there, too, which I think is... Uh, maybe three carbs per scoop. So you could get the snow cone that has the ice mm-hmm. cream center. Oh, mm-hmm. that's my favorite. Yeah, Deidre likes that too. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so, I mean, it's exciting. Bahama Bucks might be a regular stop for me moving forward. You know, though, it's been so <laughs> darn cold here. That's when I want cold things. I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, when it's really cold, when it's, like, snowy outside, I'm like, I'm going to get a snow cone. That's like how I feel, or ice cream, or something like that. I don't know. I know you're looking at me with bewilderment, but... Okay. <laughs> Let's close so the show out with our Bible verse for the day. <laughs> our Bible verse for the day is Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thank you for joining us. There's a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific with an encore at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week, and Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio, and join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you love what we do here at Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us at backrowradio.com slash partner. There are several tiers with different rewards and incentives, but even just committing to donate $1 a month will get you in our private Facebook group, The Scoop, and get you our private podcast feed where you'll get every full episode of The Morning Side Hug, including our Throwback Thursday episode. Of course, we also offer a free version of our podcast with a collection of clips from our weekly shows that comes out every Wednesday. You can find our free Morning Side Hug podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. That is it for the show. We'll be back tomorrow with special guests, The Outcry. We hope you will too. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. <laughs> Remember that Jesus loves you. I'm still Jenny from the block. <laughs> and if you see us around, we'd love a side hug. Bye. I almost read your line. That would have been weird. That would have been so weird. <laughs>